0: for me that's the the great thing about acting is that i'm able to get into the mindset of of the characters that i play you know um with this woman she was she's very driven she's almost a sacrificial lamb you'll see as she goes into the mind of this boy and and into the mind of this killer it's like it's taking a toll on her but it's it's like almost doesn't matter She's almost a savior type person and gives so much to other people where you almost sacrifice yourself. It's not a healthy thing, but it's a mindset that is interesting to go into. And with all the characters I play, I always try to get into the core of of why they do things. It was a project that I was very passionate about. And like with everything I do, you know, I see it from beginning to end. Happy Thanksgiving! In another bizarre coincidence, on show 3, Think About the Future, which aired November 6th, I played a little clip at the end of JLo saying, Turkey Time, Gobble Gobble, having no idea that 16 days later, I was gonna have a special of her on Thanksgiving week. Weird, must have been in my subconscious. Well, it's finally fitting time to hear that little clip. So, go ahead, JLo. Let people know what they're in store for on this warm, cheery Thanksgiving day. It's turkey time. Gobble, gobble. Now, if anyone saw the movie Gigli, they would know that that's not what she was referring to, and it's much cooler than that. And I'm totally down for some gobble, gobble. So, in the second half of this J.Lo special, we review The Cell. What was The Cell, J.Lo? Because I'm sold. (laughs) Got a lot of positive feedback on my Anaconda review earlier this week. And uh just a little insight, if you were watching her in that rainforest and wished that she would just hop off that boat and go into the forest and put on like these really small booty shorts and just start dancing all sexy in the rainforest, then you should just go search up the video waiting for tonight where she actually does that. And there are some moments where it is the hottest thing you have ever seen. So, you're welcome go check it out they even have people like on a little boat going through the rainforest in the river just like the movie so yeah you could have a little anaconda extension which is yeah a lot of comparisons are made to this movie and silence of the lambs the director Tarson basically figured let's actually go in the mind of a serial killer and look at it so we could see all the beautiful people and uh If you're bleeding a lot, you could stop it with a tourniquet. Get my drift? Yes, this looks like a Marilyn Manson music video half the time. Even in the more desert-looking spots, uh, that's like the music video for Man That You Fear. I believe there was one music video where Manson dresses up like a tree. Which is what Carl does, he's sort of disguising himself among the trees. Yeah, this guy's a total Marilyn Manson fan. God, I miss the glory days of Manson. But his newer stuff ain't so bad either. Carl is, of course, played by the guy from Full Metal Jacket. This movie opens up with J. Lo in the middle of a desert in a white dress. So they have a process of suspending people in midair in these Bram Stoker Dracula battle suits, at which point J. Lo enters the dream of the patient in order to interact with their subconscious, hoping to awaken them out of comas and such things. She's in the mind of a little boy, Edward, Which, oddly enough, they call Mr. E. Which, the only time I ever heard that name was from Batman Forever, when Jim Carrey was Mr. E. Nigma. And, oddly enough, this serial killer looks exactly like Jim Carrey in Batman Forever if he gained 150 pounds. Same hair, same face, same clothes, sort of. I mean, this guy looks like he went shopping in Sears for his clothes blindfolded, but yeah. So they want to pull J.Lo off the case of their child, because the husband thinks that uh, there's no proof of any progress in 18 months, and he can't stand the sight of J.Lo? I find that hard to believe. But the wife is really into her, so they decide to keep the boy there for a little while longer. Meanwhile, the aforementioned serial killer who likes to trap women in a room that eventually slowly fills with water Drowning them can be seen with his newest victim. Late in the 12-minute mark, we get to the most jaw-dropping moment of J-Lo going through her fridge in nothing but a tight button-up blue shirt and panties. You know, that's what I love about her. She's always willing to give her male audience that one moment we yearn for. The word thankful doesn't begin to describe how I feel about this moment in the film. But it is easily my favorite moment in this film. I mean, that booty shot should be freeze-framed and put in a museum as the most beautiful work of art by, uh, well, God. I uh, dare to say that J.Lo is God's masterpiece. This far surpasses Michelangelo's David. I mean, let's face it, and this girl is living flesh and blood. So after you rewind that part five or six times, you can move on to... What appears to be a a milk bath for the killer's corpse, while J.Lo gets high and watches some crazy shit on TV. So this dude has rings on his back that are embedded into his skin so that he can hang himself by chains, at which point he hangs over the corpse of his victim and masturbates on top of her. Then, unfortunately, we meet Vince Vaughn. Oh well. One could only hope he's not in the movie too much. You know, I used to say Vince Vaughn was miscast in most of his stuff, now I just think he's miscareered. No, honestly, he wasn't that bad in this, and a lot of his performance is offset with sharing a scene with J.Lo, so it really, uh... God, it's amazing. She makes everything better. She really does. At least when she's not in the scene with him, James Gammon is. He's here to save some of those scenes. There's a strange connection, too. So, a big role of his was in the movie Major League, in which Charlie Sheen's name was Rick Vaughn. So, Vaughn is a name that, uh, he can't get away from. So, the detective actually finds this freak, but he happens to be going through a bit of a seizure at the moment, due to lack of medicine or whatever, I don't know, the thing he always had as a kid finally broke through in his brain, and he slips into a coma. He's a schizophrenic, and he has disappeared into a dream from which he will never wake up. They want to somehow enter his mind and ask him if he will divulge the location of the latest kidnap victim. So they go to the very best. J.Lo enters the mind of the schizophrenic. When J.Lo enters the dream state of Carl, she's wearing the Shroud of Turin. And another odd coincidence, I brought that up at work Monday to somebody. I forgot what the reason was. But I actually talked about the Shroud of Turin, and then as I watch this movie today, here it is. How weird. She sees little boy Carl near a horse. The little boy pushes her away from the horse that she was petting because a bunch of blades come down and cut the horse into like 12 equal parts and spread it apart. And it's like one of those body things where you can see the inside of things and how they work or what they look like inside. Pretty gross. Pretty disturbing. But that was the point. And this is where the Marilyn Manson video really kicks in. I mean, this is straight out of Beautiful People and Tourniquet. The colors, the walls, everything. Which makes me wonder, would this really be that shocking to an audience back then in 2000? I mean, Manson did this stuff four years prior. But I guess one would assume the general movie-going audience didn't watch Marilyn Manson videos. So, yeah, this would definitely work. Manson was probably pissed. But, yeah, it probably worked. Through this whole first sequence, J.Lo is distractingly beautiful through all of this. And as she takes the journey through this dude's mind, she has that look on her face like, the shit on white people's minds, holy crap. She sees King Carl, panics, hits that little button on her hand, and is out of the dream, just like that. Vaughn's character was in a major rush earlier in the movie. Then, at this point, he's talking to J-Lo out in the back courtyard and doesn't seem like he's in a rush at all. It's almost as if he forgot his whole, uh, motive. They're just hanging out, talking about, yeah, well, here's how I became an FBI agent, blah, blah. How about those bulls? They ain't the same without Jordan and Pippen, huh? She says Carl in that dream state is a king in a twisted kingdom, an idealistic version of himself. So how will J-Lo communicate with him? Through the one positive in that dreamlike state him as a child. She might be able to reason with him. I mean, he saved her from becoming horse parts. JLo lo then witnesses some freaky abuse as she goes back into the dream state and hangs out with Kid Carl, which includes belts, verbal abuse, visual abuse, hot irons, you name it. He even freaks the kid out by breaking a plate in front of him. While talking to normal present-day Carl, JLo is captured by King Carl. J.Lo's mind then thinks this is real, and he puts a collar around her, almost, uh, as if it were a mind-altering, mind-control collar. She appears instantly compliant. Where do I get one of those? And where do I find J.Lo? Through all of this, his victim chick is still in that box, and it's slowly filling with water. Now J.Lo's captured, and Vince Vaughn volunteers to go in and save the day, even though he knows nothing about what's going on or what he's doing. But he finds her, and she appears to be, uh, one of Carl's dolls now. Chained to a bed, then she tries to seduce Vaughn, who gets to kiss her. Hm. I guess he did choose the right profession after all. What do I know? But she appears to be a willing slave doll to Carl. Smiling and enjoying what he's doing to Vaughn. After distracting him with kisses so that he can get kidnapped in the first place. And what is he doing to Vince Vaughn? He pulled his guts out and puts him on a, uh, bar that he spins and it proceeds to pull the rest of his guts out. Until Yvonne reminds J.Lo of, I don't know, I couldn't understand it, something about her mom or dad being in a car accident and they were in a coma before they died? I don't know. But it brings a tear to J.Lo's eye and she snaps out of her, her slave-like state. She walks up behind King Carl and rams a spike through him. And she was making some freaky-looking faces during this scene. I mean, it was really perfect. Her eyes, her face, her smile, everything was spot-on and creepy AF. And as soon as she's done being creepy, she is insanely, distractingly beautiful again. And I have to keep rewinding the... (laughs) I mean, reminding myself that this is a movie I'm supposed to be lost in, and I have to stop oogling at the girl who they're doing close-ups of the entire time. And let me just say, this is what she really looks like. Not like Anaconda, where it was uglying her up so she could fit in with the rest of these people. They don't want her to fit in. This guy is obsessed with beautiful women and turning them into dolls, and she looks like that 24-7. Her eyebrows are on her face, her clothes go with her skin tone. Everything about this is back to normal, unlike Anaconda. I will say a lot of these dream transitions though, like when Vince Vaughn was going into the dream state, it looked like uh, John Voight when he was being swallowed by the Anaconda and you saw that angle of him going into the Anaconda's mouth. It kind of looked like that when Vaughn was going into the dreams. That was weird. In the dream state, Vince Vaughn notices that symbol in Carl's basement is on one of the walls in this dream. You know, the one he saw in the beginning of the movie that said, Carver, industrial equipment. (laughs) I mean, they sit there and analyze and figure out everything about a dog hair, who sold the dog, what kind of car the guy had, this, that, the other thing, but they don't think of the bizarre equipment that you only see in this guy's house and nowhere else. They don't think... Let's see where he got that. It might trace us back to somewhere, maybe where he worked or something, and maybe the girls are there. Like, you really could have avoided this entire movie. The whole movie could have been J.Lo almost losing her job when the guy wanted to pull his son out of this whole dream treatment thing, and then they never had to go to her in the first place if Vaughn did his job right. So after he notices this equipment symbol in the dream, he pulls J.Lo out of the dream before she could save young Carl from King Carl. So, she takes it upon herself to breach protocol, change the code so nobody can enter the room, put herself back in the dream state, which makes those two people working behind the windows job seem really, uh, insignificant and not all that needed. The girl whose one talent is to know how to talk to people in these comatose states also knows how to run all the equipment, even to the point of changing security codes. So, she pulls young Carl into her dream, where she is the Virgin Mary. And while talking to Carl, a strange frame builds up around the scene. Uh... What point of view is that from? Because it fits the frame of the camera perfectly, but in the reality of the dream, where would you see those frames? Carl asks J-Lo to kill him, to save him from going back into his own dream world where King Carl runs shit. But somehow King Carl found young and present-day Carl in J-Lo's dream, and he enters that. And just when you think you're going to have some big epiphany of the psychological thing, because earlier in the movie, Vince Vaughn makes a point of saying he knows that uh, this guy should have been killed or whatever earlier in the movie because he would have done that anyway even though he pled insanity because of the abuse that was inflicted on him when he was a kid. Vince Vaughn said, nah, that's bullshit because I know that all that abuse inflicted on you as a kid would not make you hurt anybody in your adult life which I guess we are to assume he was talking about himself, and that was his character depth and telling us how he was abused as a kid, but he didn't go out and kill anybody. So you thought that would come back around at the end of the movie. But instead, J.Lo goes from virgin to underworld girl. I never saw Underworld, but I think she's dressed like J.Lo in this scene. And J.Lo just kicks the shit out of Carl physically. Rips his nipples off, drives a sword through him, Where was the big revelation? It's just physical... beating up? That was the big ending? Well, anyway, J.Lo sees that when she's going and killing King Carl, it's actually also killing Kid Carl at the same time. Meanwhile, Vaughn breaks the glass and saves that girl who is... almost drowning in a big tank of water, even though she's breathing through a pipe that leads somewhere. J.Lo then basically grants the wish of Carl, uh, present-day Carl, and... ...baptizes the kid Carl underwater, essentially drowning him, and killing the real guy in real life. To which she doesn't go to jail or get punished in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I realize the guy wouldn't exactly be charged for his crimes, but still, I don't think you're allowed to kill him... ...unless I don't know anything about the law, but yeah, she ends up killing the real serial killer... And we find out at the end, she still works there, even though she did that shit to her co-workers, locking them out and going against the uh, protocol and them advising her not to let the kid in her dreams, or especially this guy into her dreams, and all this, she just does whatever she wants, murders a man, and still is working on this kid, Edward, brings him into her dreams because... She somehow proved to everybody that that was the right thing to do? How did you prove it? You killed the guy. What did you prove really works in order to let them entrust you with this kid? This kid Edward. I'm kinda lost here at this whole ending. But anyway, there's a final shot of her, Edward, on that desert again, with that boat again, and this time it's snowing in the desert. But I will say, in this final dream sequence, she turns around and looks like the most beautiful Of all of God's angels. But, wow, yes, that's the cell. Uh... You know, I couldn't help but think when she was holding the kid underwater and drowning him, didn't she tell him earlier in the movie that she would never hurt him? (laughs) Vince Vaughn throughout the film was not as bad as I guess I thought he would be. Like I said, she really balances out his scenes, although this guy never closes his mouth. This guy has that Nightmare on Elm Street Nancy syndrome where he never closes his mouth. It is hanging open the entire movie. Water is a through line throughout this film. Didn't really go and look it up. It's all about the girls drowning in water, him being in the bathtub when he lost his mind him being baptized in the water uh, J-Lo drowning the kid in the water at the end we never learn all that much about Carl like what his social life was like outside of killing people and what his abusive childhood was like we don't really know what he was like in real life which I found strange but I will say that this movie gets a 3.5 out of 5 from me like I said, the cell was JLo, and I'm sold. I'm sure I don't think it would be as great if she were not in it. She definitely carries the film for me, acting-wise, and just to gaze upon her. Had she not been there, and it was just a normal person, I don't know. Probably still a 3 out of 5, but yeah, definitely interesting, definitely pretentious. Definitely not as deep as it should have been. They should have gone into more psychological stuff, they should have had a psychological resolve at the end, instead of just a physical one. That was a total letdown, and something I was not expecting. But it was a good watch, and you do feel like you just had an experience when you're done with it. It was definitely a popcorn film that delivers. What to do next? Do I stick? Once again, like I did with the zombie things, and just go one step further, like how I did with the Night of the Living Dead remake, and review The Boy Next Door, a thriller of J-Lo's, and it is almost a horror movie. If it was your real life, it's definitely a horror movie, but it's but it's hotter than hell in a lot of parts, too, so we could do more gushing, you know, like gushing over somebody, you know, verbally, not what you're thinking. You could do that later, not in this podcast or do I go back to just straight horror I will maybe put up a poll on YouTube I finally learned how to post things on YouTube in the community section so look for those if you're a YouTube listener hopefully you're a podcast app listener as well but either way thanks for listening the next show will either be the boy next door or a regular in between episode, much like episode one and three Thanks for letting me indulge in what I am most thankful for. I hope it was a good time. I know it was just a groaner gag before, but if you do have more room for JLo, then vote for the boy next door.